Welcome to episode 86 of Woods and the Word Getting Coffee. I'm Randall Wood. And I'm Isaac Wood. We are a father-son duo walking through the Bible together in hopes of bringing God's Word to life in your life. Pour a cup of coffee and join us. Isaac, it's good to be together this morning. I'm sitting in my church office. I've got my be still and know that I am God cup, and that's kind of the focus of what we've been talking about here getting to know the names of God. How's it going for you today? It's going great. I'm back with a cup of coffee. I think last time we were together, I was without coffee. So who knows what I even said last episode, but we're completely fueled this morning, ready to get into the word. I'm excited to be with you. All right. Well, last time we looked at the the name of God as creator, Elohim. Today, oh, that's right. It's coming back to me now. Yeah. <laughs> See, the coffee's helping. Yeah. Today we're talking about El Elyon, the God Most High. Uh, this is the the name of God that means exalted, supreme being, signifying His supremacy and overwhelming majesty. Uh, this is the sovereign Lord of the universe we're talking about. And in uh, in Psalm fifty seven, David talks about uh, this God Most High. Uh, and he makes a, a wonderful statement that's not just true for King David. And in, in this context, he wasn't king yet. He'd been anointed king, but he's running from King Saul, who's trying to kill him because he doesn't want him to take his job as king. But in Psalm 57, David said, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Now, that's a great reminder for us that God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And he's going to fulfill that purpose. Uh, he wants us to cooperate in that purpose. And as we've said before, the best thing in the world that our friends listening to us can do is find out what that purpose is for God and do it with everything they have. Uh, Absolutely. That's a mantra of this uh, of this podcast, of this uh, these episodes, is that, you know, the God of the universe, um, and that's what we're going to spend some time talking about today is that piece of it, right? That the, the God most high, um, that he, that God, that same God has a plan for each one of our little lives. Um, and that we're able to partake in his, um, most high plan and, and his most high will. Um, and so to, to think about that and to spend time considering that is so powerful to us as we, as we live out these lives. Um, it was actually at a Bible study this morning. We were talking about uh, James four um, at the end of James four, talking about, you, you know, us making plans and that you make plans that tomorrow you're going to do this and do that and go here and go there. Um, but that's foolish unless you're doing it with God in mind that if the Lord wills, I'll go here and go there. Right. And so it's not that you don't make plans, but that you make plans according to God and Another favorite verse of the podcast is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, right? Um, yes. That trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understandings, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And so, again, that's you have ways. Uh, you have a life that you're living. And to acknowledge him as the most high, not only reigning over everything, but intimately involved in everything, um, is just that that's a different way to live life. Right. And there's a guy in the Bible who needs to understand that. He needs to get that. And he's he's so far away from it, you wouldn't even uh, assume it would be possible. 
uh, and that's King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Now, God has al already been using him as his instrument to judge Jerusalem, Judea, take, take the uh, Israelites into captivity into Babylon to begin their 70 years of exile, which they have earned by disobeying God and flaunting uh, their sin in front of his face. Uh, and he'd had enough. And so he's using King Nebuchadnezzar as uh, as his instrument, but he has a plan and purpose for Nebuchadnezzar's life. Even though he's the most pagan, most proud, uh, most powerful person in all the world at this time, he's the king. Of I mean, this guy's King Nebuchadnezzar. You you read your Bible, you go to Sunday school. This is a top five bad guy of the Bible. Yes, right. He is like until like he is on that Mount Rushmore of <laughs> bad guys in the Bible. Um, right. So it's. With that as a backdrop, it's exciting to see what happens to uh, to him uh, here today. Right, and, and and God Most High, and he's going to come to know him by that name, God Most High has a purpose and a plan even for this evil king. And he's going to get his attention and show him the opportunity to turn his life around and follow and embrace this plan. He's going to ignore it, and so he's going to experience the judgment of God until he surrenders to the plan and purpose God has for his life. Uh, friends, we don't have to learn it the hard way. God will deliver it to you the hard way if that's the only way he can get it to you. But this, this encounter with Nebuchadnezzar to show him the plan and purpose God has for his life begins very gently. Uh, and so that's what I want us to see is the process of a sovereign rebuke. The Most High God is going to intervene in his life and, and get his attention and turn him around. But it begins gently with a dream. He speaks to Nebuchadnezzar in a dream and, and offers him a rebuke and, and scares him, quite frankly, gets his attention by scaring him with a dream. And it's in Daniel chapter 4. Beginning in verse 4, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and prospering in my palace. That's a dangerous place to be, <laughs> at ease. I saw a dream that made me afraid. As I lay in bed, the fancies and the visions of my head alarmed me. And so uh, down in verse 10, he begins to say this is what the dream was. Uh, the visions of my head as I lay in bed were these. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, and its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches, and all flesh was fed from it. And I saw in the vision of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came down from heaven. And he proclaimed aloud and said thus, chop down the tree, lop off its branches, strip off its leaves, and scatter its fruit. <laughs> let, let the beast flee from under it and the birds from its branches, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze amid the tender grass of the field. Let him be wet with the dew of the heaven, let his portion be with the beasts of the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from a man's and let a beast mind be given to him. We're not talking about a tree anymore. Now we're talking about a guy who's going to live as a beast. 
and let seven periods of time pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones to the end that the living may know that the Most High, that's that name of God, the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, saw, and then he's begging Daniel to interpret the dream for him. Tell me what this means. And so uh, he's afraid. And what would he be afraid of? God most high. He's afraid of God. <laughs> but he's afraid this dream might well, be about him. I guess to to uh, actually amend that, he's not afraid of the God most high yet. Um, yeah. And at this stage, he's fearful for what this means for him. Um, and so he, Nebuchadnezzar is still very much focused on himself at this point. Um, and the, the pride of, of who he is, who he has become, who he has made himself to be, that this, uh, this encounter with God, he leaves wanting to protect himself. Um, and how often that we, you know, we, when we receive a word from God or a warning from God, that we interpret it in a way that is centered around ourselves, um, that we don't like what we hear from God. We don't like what he's telling us to do. He's, we don't like what he's telling us to stop doing because of what that means for us. And so we go into defense mode where we defend ourselves. We spend so much time defending ourselves um, to other people, uh, to to friends, to foes, uh, but then also to God. Right. <laughs> where we we do not properly see him as the one, the God most high um, that we place ourselves higher than him. And and that we think that his plans for us and his warnings for us, oh, that's nice, God, but I don't like that. And I'm scared that that doesn't play out well for me. So let me not listen to what you're saying. Right. And so he gives him a gentle rebuke in the dream. Uh, that scares him, but it doesn't cause him to really change his behavior yet, other than to invite someone to interpret it for him. And he goes to Daniel, the guy who's already demonstrated he can do this, because in chapter two, he inter he not only interpreted a dream, but he told the king what the dream was and then interpreted it. This time, the king skips that step and just says, let me tell you the dream because it's scary. Mm -hmm. I want to know what it means. And so now from the gentleness of the dream comes a very firm warning from the interpretation of the dream. Daniel is going to warn the king that this is about you, but you don't have to go there. You can change right now and not experience this dreadful rebuke from the Lord. So let's, uh, let's look at that. Spoiler uh, alert. Spoiler. He did alert. not change. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Yes. Uh, yeah. We'll see. And so in verse 19, then Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, that was the name that Nebuchadnezzar had given him that represented his pagan God. Yep. Um, he was dismayed for a while and his thoughts alarmed him because he realizes, well, this is about King Nebuchadnezzar and I've got to deliver the bad news to him that this is for him. So the king answered and said, Belshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation alarm you. In other words, tell me the truth. Don't pull any punches. And so Belshazzar answered and said, my Lord, may the dream be for those who hate you and its interpretation for your enemies. 
<laughs> it would be better for you if it was for other people. Yeah. But then verse 20, he drops the hammer. The tree, the tree you saw, which grew and became strong so that its top reached its heaven and it was visible to the ends of the whole earth, whose leaves were beautiful, its fruit abundant, and which was food for all, under which beasts of the field found shade, and in whose branches the birds of the heavens lived. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown and reached to heaven, and your dominion to the ends of the earth. Make no mistake, this tree is you. And because the king saw a watcher, a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze and the tender grass of the field, and let him be wet with dew of heaven and let his portion be with the beasts of the field till seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king. It is a decree of the most high. This is the sovereign there God is. universe. There he is which has come upon my Lord, the King, that you shall be driven from among men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and you shall be wet with the dew of heaven. And seven periods of time shall pass over you till you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. And as it was commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be confirmed for you from the time that you know that heaven rules. Once you decide that God's in charge and you're not Nebuchadnezzar, your kingdom will be given back to you because you'll be better prepared to handle it. Then. Verse 27, therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness. and You can do it now. You can do it now. Right now. And show mercy to the oppressed that there may perhaps be a lengthening of your prosperity. We don't have to go here, King. God has been merciful to warn you in a dream. And now firmly through my words of interpretation of the dream, this is about you. But you don't have to. You can turn and change right now. It's like it reminds me at the end of A Christmas Carol with Ebenezer Scrooge where he's talking to the ghost of Christmas future. And he's like, are these things locked in or can I change these? Can I change these? Please tell me I can change these. Right. It's like the other side of that coin. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not ready for that yet. But mm -hmm. the opportunity, God is so gracious to give the warning. In fact, uh, he says in the book of Amos that, that he doesn't do anything without warning the people through his prophets. That's how merciful and gracious God is. And, and certainly the judgment that they've experienced, that they're now in captivity in Babylon, did not come without warning after warning after warning after warning that God gave the people of Israel. You don't have to do this. You can repent and follow me. And they rejected it. So why would we expect the pagan king to act any better than God's own people? Well, and you know, as you were reading that, that passage, you know, talking about, um, the dream and the, and the interpretation of the dream and the application of that dream to Nebuchadnezzar's life that, 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 that whole period. And we're about to get to where again, spoiler alert, Nebuchadnezzar doesn't take the opportunity to change. It has to live out um, yeah. that life of living as a beast in the field. Um, but, but why, right? Why did that happen? And it was so that he would know who God is. Right. And so the, you were reading it and you know the word that just popped into my mind as you were reading that was just unequivocal unequivocal complete a big love <laughs> just big love. love 
Yes. That, that God loved Nebuchadnezzar enough to put him through this so that he would know who God is. Because uh, that's we we have all been created by God who loves us. And yes, he's got plans for us, but those plans are all so that we would know him. We were created and designed to be with God. Yes. We screw that up um, very Early quickly in our lives. Early and often. Um, but God loves us enough that it's not like you can read this and be like, golly, that's kind of mean to God that he would make uh, Nebuchadnezzar eat grass like an ox. It was what it took. And that's just if that's your takeaway, that you're missing the love of God, that God cared enough, that God knew that's what it would take for Nebuchadnezzar to realize who God was. Right. Anything short of that, and Nebuchadnezzar would die without knowing who God was. And, and yet he gave him the opportunity, knowing that he yeah. wouldn't take it. He still mercifully gave it to him, graciously gave yes. it to him. Here's Daniel's the opportunity was there the entire time, but it wasn't because God's goal here was not to just reprimand Nebuchadnezzar. No. God's goal here is that Nebuchadnezzar would know him and know who he was as the God, the most high. That right. Nebuchadnezzar would recognize God for who he is and know him because that's what we were designed to do. It's not just, I don't like what you're doing, so here's your spanking. Stop it. That's yeah. not it. It's, you, I know that you're doing that because you don't know who I am. Right. And, and so... When you know Let, who I am, I want know. you to know who I am. Um, yeah. So I'm going to tell you who I am. I'm going to have others tell you who I am. And then now I'm going to show you who I am. Right. Um, and God works all of that together. And oftentimes it's through these hard times. Nebuchadnezzar had to very much learn it the hard way. He was given an easy way, but he had to learn it the hard way. And sometimes, you know, as someone who has learned many lessons the hard way myself, on the back end, there's there's a gratitude for that. Mm. I can I can honestly tell you, I look back at my life and I'm thankful for the hard way, um, because there's a um, there's a realness to that knowledge that is gained mm. from that. Um, yeah. That if it had been learned the easy way, does that knowledge run as deep? Um, and yes, I would yes, deep. you know encourage everyone pursue the easy way if you can learn the lesson the right. easy way that's easier but easier is not always better um and i think there's great value deep. there can be great value in learning lessons the hard, hard way because to the core of who you are you recognize now who god is and you're also very aware of your own limitations and who you are not um which you are not the god most high is the very yeah equally important lesson to be learned when you learn that God is the God most high. Right. And we're going to see the evidence again that Nebuchadnezzar has missed the point. And, but in the grace and mercy of God, these next verses tell us God gave him 12 months to repent. Daniel gave him this warning and then God graciously gave him 12 months. Look at what it says. Verse 28, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, which means he was talking to himself because <laughs> he's, the, he's the greatest thing that he knows. So who else would he bother to talk to? But is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in his mouth, 
there fell a voice from heaven. O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. Just like that. And you shall be driven from among men. Now this starts to sound familiar. And your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And you shall be made to eat grass like an ox. And seven periods of time will pass over you until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. The next word in the Bible, immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew as long as eagle's feathers. How long does that take? And his nails were like bird's claws. Yuck. Yuck. And that was seven periods of time. Now, I don't know how fast your fingernails grow, but I don't think mine would have got as long as eagle's claws in seven weeks. Maybe I don't know, they get close. Months, <laughs> maybe seven years. We're not told how long the sevens were, but it was long right. enough. And so God started with a gentle rebuke. He intensified it with a firm warning and then he fulfilled it faithfully when it was ignored. And this is the hard way. This is the hard way. The promised judgment has been delivered. It's been delivered with immediate impact. Once God decides to bring the judgment, it comes immediately. There's no debate, no discussion. Nehemiah had, or Nehemiah, Nebuchadnezzar has no timeouts to say, yeah. oh, oh, you meant, oh, you meant I should oh, oh, yeah, oh, let me do that. Yeah, I was just waiting yeah. for uh, a little more time to pass. Uh, no, God is faithful to rebuke and accomplish what he said he would do. And so he does it. But then after the seven periods of time, the rebuke releases, it relinquishes graciously when the required repentance happens. Look at verses 34 and 35. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven and my reason returned to me and I blessed the most high. Bingo. You got it. Got it. Yeah. He is the most high. I'm not. Epiphany. I blessed the most high and praised and honored him who lives forever. And now he's going to make five statements, which are so key, demonstrating that he's not the most high God, but he knows who the most high God is. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. Mine isn't. And his kingdom endures from generation to generation. Mine won't. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. I learned that the hard way. And he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. Look at what he's saying there. He's saying that the Lord's prayer that Jesus will teach us to pray 500 almost 600 years later, is exactly true. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Nebuchadnezzar has just learned that the hard way. And, and fifthly, and none can stay his hand. I was the most powerful, most proud, most pagan king of all the earth, and he got my attention. Guess what? He can get yours too. None can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? And so he experiences the grace of the God relinquishing the rebuke, just as he promised he would. It would be for a fixed period of time until you figure out who I am, and then 
you will know who I am, and then I will restore you. And that's the core behind every lesson that you and I struggle to learn throughout our lives. No matter who's listening to this, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, at the core of that lesson, what God is is trying to help you understand is he is God and you are not. He is God and I am not. He is God and we are not God. And to acknowledge that, but then to trust him, to trust him enough to obey him. Um, And so it's just this, the battle between our pride and self and the acknowledgement of who God is, it's always this, we, we want to sit on the throne that is rightly reserved for God. Um, and we can't handle that throne. We can't handle the weight of what that throne requires. No. We're not qualified for that throne. Right. Um, but then to step out of that throne and acknowledge who is, that he is good. And I love how Nebuchadnezzar closes it out later in yes. verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. For all his works are right and his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. And so not only did Nebuchadnezzar get to this point of he is God, I am not, but he got to this point of trust for his works are right and his ways are just. Many people can get to that point of like, well, he's God, but I don't like anything he does. Right. And it's like, well, then you don't understand who he is. Like, yes, he is God and he's able to do this and he and he is mighty, but he's also just and his ways are right. And so when you acknowledge he is God and you are not and you can trust what he does uh, and, and find joy in what he does and hope in what he does and who he is, that's the Christian life that, that we're designed to live, the life we're designed to live with God. He doesn't. He has not designed it to just be. I'm on my throne, and you're down there, and you're serving me. Right. He has designed his life to be lived with him, but it's in proper standing to him, so that he can live then through us. And so I, I love how Nebuchadnezzar wraps that up. Of like, yes, you're God, and I'm not, but also you're good, you're right, you're holy, um, and and I believe that, and I trust that. Now. And he's just not speaking theoretically here. He didn't read it in a book that God is holy and most high and most powerful and able to humble. When he says uh, his ways are just and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. He's speaking from firsthand knowledge and experience here. And and I want us to go back to the first three verses of the chapter. I skipped them on purpose because they give away uh, the end of the story here, because the rebuke accomplishes God's purpose, which is that his name would be praised among the nations. And so Nebuchadnezzar is actually writing this chapter. You may have thought that Daniel was writing this chapter describing what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar has been given the pen here to write a chapter in the Bible because he's transformed by who God is. And so he opens the chapter by saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, and he was Lord of them all, okay, before he met the Most High God, and now, but look at his message to them because this was not his message before he understood who God was. Peace be multiplied to you. <laughs> Peace. That was not how Nebuchadnezzar ruled the world. He ruled it with an iron fist, and uh, any debate, and he would have you destroyed. 
Um, but now he's offering peace. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. Let me tell you a story about how God has changed my life, because I want you now, all the peoples of the world, to know who the Most High God is. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. He's God. I'm not. Let me tell you how that happened so you can praise him too. Come join me. Come yeah. join me. Come join the party praising the Most High God. This is how Nebuchadnezzar has been transformed. And I love the fact that God let him write the story of how his story was transformed to be a part of God's story. So, so God, God's got a message for you. That message, I can tell you, is that he is God and you are not. But not only is he a great God, he is a good God. And he, and he has plans for your life that are designed to give you the desires of your heart. He promises to do that if you just trust him. Um, but he's, we got to get out of the way to let him do that. Um, and he will gently uh, recommend <laughs> yes. ways for you to do that. Right. Uh, but then if you continue to refuse him, he will up the game for you. Um, and so if, you, if he gives you an easy way, but there's a hard way that's coming too. And so if you're already in the hard way, don't beat yourself up over that. Turn no. to God. He, he is right on the other side of you turning to him of obedience. He changed Nebuchadnezzar's scenario. The second Nebuchadnezzar repented and turned to God. Yes. Uh, Bible tells us that God works all things together for good for those who love him which means that you obey him and you are called according to his purposes. So it's his will at work in our lives. That the second you obey, God takes all that you've gone through, all the bad, all the hard way, all the struggle, all the rebuke, all of that, and he works it together for good, right on the other side of obedience and returning to him. And so no matter what's been going on in your life, like you be Nebuchadnezzar living in a field, eating like an ox with your fingernails and hair all over the place, Right. That God worked together for good. And then he gave Nebuchadnezzar a story that he could then write that is now a chapter in the Bible. Um, and right. so he will he he then has used that to impact generations upon generations after Nebuchadnezzar. And he got the same plans for you that your story, even if you're going through hard times, God will save you and bring you back from that. And then that story becomes God's tool to impact, to warn and to help others. Uh, he promises to use that. And so there, there is good right around the corner. Even if you're in the middle of hard way, just turn to God. Right. And, and you might say that, you know, the story of a pagan king in Babylon, that has nothing to do with me. But friend, listen, every one of us has a kingdom. It's called the kingdom of me. And we're the one who we think rule and reign over the kingdom of me. And God is saying, no, my friend, I am El Elyon, the God most high. And I want you to know me and proclaim me to the nations. And uh, I have a purpose for your life. I will praise the God most high who fulfills his purpose for me, David said. And King Nebuchadnezzar came to know exactly the same God uh, in a much harder way. But he learned the lesson and he praised the Lord. Some of you are at a crossroads and you're about to do something really stupid. And God is rebuking you through this message and saying, don't 
do it. Turn to me, follow my steps, recognize that I know what's best for you. And so I pray that you would surrender to that. Um, and if not, I pray that he would be gracious and merciful and drop the hammer on you at just the right time <laughs> that you might know who he is. God bless you as that happens in your life. Amen. Yeah.